Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember when the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So this week, with year-end gift-giving holidays rapidly approaching, I wanted to share with you a few of my favorite food books and food-adjacent books from my 2022 reading list. You can think of this as Oprah's favorite things, except I'm not Oprah and all of them are books. I've never actually paid much attention to Oprah's favorite things. Maybe they are all books. Is, Is Oprah only about books? Does she like other things? I'm sure she likes other things. I'm only giving you books, okay? I'm not here to give you anything but books. If you want other things <laughs> for recommendations this year, ask Oprah. I hope that this list gives you something, be it a perfect gift for that book-loving foodie in your life, or some new items for your own to-do list, or even just a renewed interest in the world of gastrocentric literature. I, I hope that this list gives you something that you you can take away from it to make your holiday season a little bit brighter and tastier. So I'm going to kick this list off with A History of the World in Six Glasses by Tom Standage. Tom Standage is not primarily a food writer or a food personality. Uh, He's a journalist and an author and a regular contributor to The Economist newspaper. Uh, So I think he thinks primarily about things from the sort of economic uh, standpoint. Uh, And that gives him kind of an interesting perspective on food compared to the sort of more food-focused food books that are out there. If that sentence makes any sense to you, congratulations. This book is really fun. He takes us on a journey through the history of the world as as we have it, you know, written down and as we know it, uh, by looking at the different things that people drank kind of en masse at various points of time. So like, we learn about the history of wine and the history of beer. And he goes through like, how coffee came to be as popular as it is in the world today. And all these drinks have really significant roles to play in kind of the various periods of history that they come from. The The influence that they have can be like surprisingly important over the course of history. You can see kind of the stuff that's going on socially and politically in the world is immediately reflected by the kind of drinks that rise to popularity in those periods as well. So I, I would really recommend taking a look at this one, A History of the World in Six Glasses by Tom Standage. It's a really good read. If if nothing else, you will have a lot of fun facts for your next dinner party. The second book that I want to recommend today is actually also by Tom Standage. I figure I might as well just get both of these out of the way right out the gate. Uh, and it's another book that he wrote about the history of food called An Edible History of Humanity. Now, this book is a slightly harder read than The History of the World in Six Glasses by virtue of being a little bit more broad picture and also a little bit more economics focused. I would still highly recommend taking a look at it, especially if you're interested in like food history over a long period of time. This one digs into how food plays into things like industrialization and war and like modern agricultural practices as well. So as opposed to just focusing on, you know, a specific ingredient or a specific 
type of food, uh, it kind of looks a little bit more at like examples of how different foods affect the way that we as people live and the way that we like grow as societies, if that makes sense. Uh, I think this one is, yeah, like I said, it's a slightly harder read. It's going to be more for the like slightly intellectual food fans in your, you know, gift giving circles. Uh, but honestly, I think that if you like the drink book, you'll probably also like this one. Like I would almost give these as a pair to somebody and be like, start with one, then go to the next, you know? Yeah. I think this one is full of interesting lessons, especially for us as like modern people reading it and looking at the sort of ways that we can learn from history and hopefully do better going forward. So my next recommendation here is a book that was not written by Tom Standage, believe it or not, uh, and that is We Are What We Eat, A Slow Food Manifesto by Alice Waters. Now, you might know Alice Waters as the chef, restaurateur, author who uh, is kind of directly connected to and, like, arguably, like immediately responsible for the rise of the like slow food farm to table movement in California, like 40, 50 years ago. Wow time has really passed, eh? Um, with her restaurant Chez Panisse. Alice Waters is a legend. She is a genius when it comes to thinking and talking about and cooking food in ways that are ethically forward-thinking, I think is the word that I'm looking for. It's, it's hard to really put into words uh, and if you haven't really been introduced to these concepts yet, I would highly, highly recommend checking this book out. It will probably rock your world a little bit. She breaks down all the ways that capitalism and fast food are frankly destroying us as as people uh, and like provides some really good alternatives and, and some concrete strategies for moving toward like local eating and like slow food based systems it's also like a very um quick read which is nice uh, i know i personally don't always have the like mental energy to read like 400 page books despite the fact that i'm you know a food history nerd so most of what i read is 400 page books uh this one is like on the shorter side and the chapters are also like a few pages each it's it's really more of like a series of like short essays uh and so i think this one's really fantastic for people who like don't necessarily want to sit down and read for hours and hours at a time but would rather like take little digestible chunks you know like sit down for 10 minutes maybe on your commute read a little bit and have something to kind of chew on throughout the day and I'm only realizing now how much f sort of eating related language we use when we talk about reading and and processing books but I think that makes a lot of sense too right like we're kind of feeding our brains anyway that's neither here nor there Highly recommend reading this book. It is, uh, I think it's really useful. <laughs> it's It's got a lot of really good things in it to be thinking about. And like, this is not to say that like, you have to do everything she says in here, like to a T and like, make sure that you're living in like the most like slow food based way possible. Cause like, that's just not realistic for most people, but like it, the, these sort of attitudes within it, I think are extremely valuable and it's like worth looking at and thinking about so that you can say like okay like what do I want to like work toward or what do I want to feel like is the sort of direction of my life even if I'm not actually able to like do it you know because I think intention matters a lot all right on that note as we're talking about food ethics and you know giving back to the community and 
you know, doing things in a sort of slower, more intentional way, uh, I'm going to take you into the mid-roll, the part of the show where I ask you to give me money and support the show. Uh, If you're enjoying the show so far, please make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of December, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in our home neighborhood of NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There is literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. This show is entirely listener-supported. We do not, at least currently, have any sponsors throwing money at us. We only have listeners like you giving us, you know, any amount of money that feels right to them as individuals to help us produce the show on a weekly basis. So I'd like to ask you to consider joining them. Consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod so that we can continue to make this show better and better uh, without having to think too much about where our next meal is coming from, right? Like the, the reality is I don't get to do this full time. There was a time in my life where I thought I might get to do this full time and then a pandemic took away my ability to rent out my studio to people. And I've had to shift and I've had to, you know, take work outside of the house. And that has changed the amount of time that I can put directly into this show. Uh, But the more people will support us on Patreon, the closer we get to a reality where... I can put a little bit more time into this show. And, you know, that's not to say that I'm not going to do this without any money coming in, because, like, (laughs) I've been doing this for, like, almost eight years. There has not always been money coming in consistently. That's okay. That's not the point of doing this podcast. It's, It's about fun. It's about sharing and learning and connecting with people. But, you know, there are bills to pay. So if you want to help pay those bills, uh, especially at a time when uh, I am going through it, it would be awesome if you considered supporting us on Patreon. Uh, it's not just about supporting the show financially. You also get something in return. Uh, you know, it's, it's a two-way street here. You get access to all kinds of awesome stuff. Uh, and you also get to request topics for episodes of the show. So like if there's a food that you are extremely passionate about and you're like super mad we haven't recorded an episode about it, The best way to make us record an episode about it is to throw money at us and say, hey, record an episode about this food. That's it. (laughs) That's all you have to do. If it's a thing you want us to eat, you can even like make us eat it. Even if you think it's even if you think it's gross and you're like, hey, I'm going to make you eat this thing I think is gross. I'll eat it. I'll eat your gross thing. I probably won't think it's gross. That's that's part of it here, folks, at No Bad Food. Part of there being no food that is bad is is accepting that something might not be like the best tasting to you, but that doesn't make it inherently gross. I could talk about that for hours, but that's not why I'm here. Anyway, Patreon, think about it. It would be very, very helpful. Uh, If you want to find another way to support the show, a great way to do that is by wearing us on your clothing. You can do that by hitting the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our Podcavern merch store. Uh, You can get a hat, you can get an apron. I wear our apron all the time when I'm cooking at home. It's great. Uh, I got one for my four-year-old as well because they sell kid-sized aprons. So you could, you know, cook with your kid in a no-bad-food apron. It's it's lovely. (laughs) 
get your kids started young on food and how there is none bad of it. Okay, back to my list of book recommendations for 2022. Uh, if you haven't listened to the conversation that I had a while back with Matt Cole, who's like a recurring guest on this show, about burgers, I would highly recommend going back and listening to that one, uh, because in it I talk a little bit about this next book, All About the Burger, A History of America's Favorite Sandwich by Seth Gonzalez. Now, this book is a lot of fun. It's a lot less heady than some of the other stuff on this list. Uh, it's a little bit more of a like fan book about burgers and their history than a like super deep intellectual dive into things and into the like you know state of humanity it's uh, it's a little bit more surface level than that but it's full of really fun stuff it's full of really fun facts about food as well that you wouldn't have necessarily known uh lots of juicy nuggets for lack of a better term about the like growth of fast food franchises in the united states which is really cool like it's a it's a it's a really interesting slice of food history uh, that focuses in really intentionally on like a food that kind of has a really, really direct correlation to American capitalism in a way that like most other foods don't necessarily have. Like, I don't know, there, there's not a lot of other foods that I can think of where like they were created in America by people trying to figure out how to economize the ingredients that they have and make something better and they like boomed because of the way that they were able to be made en masse so that a lot of people could eat a lot of them very quickly for money and make a shitload of money in the process like it's it's a fascinating thing to <laughs> dig into it's like a little bit like brain breaking at times uh, and also if you live for the drama if you're someone who say maybe likes like the real housewives franchises uh maybe think of this as the real housewives of burger i guess i don't know you get a lot of the drama about the the people behind all these food chains as well in the process it's really interesting i would highly recommend it now, this next book is not one that I read in 2022. I will admit that I read it in the summer of 2021, uh, but I think that it is an absolute essential for anyone who loves learning about the history of food and the like sociology of food and the sort of ways that food changes when it's brought from one place to another by the community who eat it. Uh, and that is 97 Orchard, an edible history of five immigrant families in one New York tenement by Jane Ziegelman. Uh, the book is shorter than the title, I promise. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a pretty easy read, uh, but it's kind of just packed with these like really lovely snapshots, I guess, of like a bunch of different immigrant communities in New York and the way that their food changed on being, you know, displaced from their original homes. So you get this really fascinating look at, at like changing ingredients because you don't have the same indigenous ingredients that you used to have. Uh, but you also get this fascinating look at like assimilation into like a, a new culture and the ways that like that can change or sometimes not change things about your diet. Uh, it's, it's really interesting and like... <laughs> This is the kind of food stuff that I nerd out about, especially because I, I love looking at like the ways that we change what we eat based on where we are. Uh, I, I think that that is important. <laughs> like uh, just coming back to Alice Waters for a second, like a big part of the like slow food movement is eating more locally. Right. And like that's hard when you immigrate somewhere or emigrate somewhere. I forget which verb means what but when you especially if you're forcefully displaced like you're not necessarily 
going to immediately want to change your diet to like I, I hate to say fit in, but like to assimilate to the new place, right? Like you're going to want to retain as much as you can, but there's also the reality of like, you're not necessarily going to have access to it. Right. And like, you know, in 2022, we have more access than they did in like the 1800s in New York city, obviously, but like only if we have the budget for it, which like you don't necessarily. Right. So I think there's something really interesting in looking at how people, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, dealt with exactly that dealt with we've been moved from the place that we're used to we've been taken out of our farms and out of our usual food systems and put into this new place that we're not totally familiar with and like we want something that feels like home even though this place doesn't yet right and how do you how do you do that when you can't like go to a specialty grocer that imports things from your country because like that that just doesn't exist yet right and it's like okay well at this point you need to find the stuff that is common between the two and work with that you need to find ways to make the things that you miss with what you have and and i think that that is important i mean i i think it speaks to a resilience but i also think it speaks to an adaptability that food has that i think is beautiful and and really cool to learn about Okay, last but absolutely not least on this list is one that I'm sure you have probably seen coming because if you look at a list of food-related books in 2022 and this book is not on that list, the person who wrote the list is dumb because they should have read this book and put it on their list because it's really fucking good. And that's Kosher Soul, The Faith and Food Journey of an African-American Jew by Michael W. Twitty. So if you're not familiar yet with Michael's work, he is incredible like i i adore this man uh i took a class with him last summer on jewish food kind of globally i guess uh that was really really insightful and really fun and he's like you know when you 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 listen to someone talk and they are both incredibly smart and incredibly witty and then also have this like generous heart about the way that they talk about things and the way that they share the things that they're telling you about He's the whole package. Uh, I would highly recommend looking him up, reading as much of his stuff as you can, follow him on social media. Like he's he's a like I don't call people geniuses that often, but Michael Twitty is a genius. He is he is I think going to be written about for for decades as like someone who changed the way that we think about food in in the modern world. Um, and so Kosher Soul is his newest book. It's kind of a memoir and kind of a series of memoirs of other people and like a series of conversations with other people and a series of reflections and it's like just generous from from front to cover it's full of touching stories and and thoughtful reflections um, but also challenging calls to action like there there's a lot of this like Jewish concept of tikkun olam that's like uh, being better doing better for the world like specifically in terms of like repairing the world I guess like like repairing it and improving it and making people unite a little bit more and like doing the things that you have to do to like make social justice happen frankly uh, and this book is full of that. It's it's full of calls to social justice, uh, but it's also full of of recipes, <laughs> too, which is incredible. Like he he wrote two books in one book. Here you get a ton of stories and reflections, and then the second half of the book is a fucking cookbook. And like 
it works. It's I didn't expect the cookbook part of it. I was reading the rest of the book and then all of a sudden it wraps up beautifully and there's like a couple hundred pages left and I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening here? And he's written a cookbook for you. So again, it is extremely generous. I, I, yeah, I can't recommend this book highly enough, which is why it's the last book on my list today. Uh, buy a copy for every person you know. If, if the first five didn't speak to you for very specific people on your list, buy everybody on your list Kosher Soul and make them read it. That's it. That's what you need. <laughs> you need a book about the like combined black and Jewish experience in America, especially while Kanye is on his bullshit, especially while Kanye is on his bullshit. Can you please <laughs> just like if if Kanye is 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 like all that is wrong in America right now, Michael is all that is good in America right now. Kosher Soul is the antidote to Kanye's bullshit. Buy it for everybody. Buy it for people who you think will have trouble with it also because I think that that matters you know we need to challenge ourselves and we need to challenge people around us too so yeah but buy it for yourself buy buy it for everyone <laughs> buy it for your racist uncle buy it for the like mega church pastor down the street who maybe needs to read it and like understand that he ain't shit like buy this book a lot of copies of it do it just do it Okay, that's it for me here on this year's No Bad Food year-end holiday gift-giving book guide list. I should have like written a title for this thing instead of trying to ad-lib it, but I'm tired, okay? It's been a long week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at NoBadFoodPod, and individually you can find me at Tom Zalatni, and you can find Teffer at TefferBear. Uh, tell us about your favorite food-related books from this year, or, you know, food shows that you watched that you enjoyed. It's it's harder to give those as a gift, so I didn't mention, like, the countless wonderful, like, video-related media that I looked at this year in relation to food, but there's a lot of good stuff out there, too. Tell us what you like. Tell us about your favorite things. Maybe we'll talk about them on a future episode, you know? Maybe we'll even invite you to come, like, pour your heart out about them. That happens sometimes. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Carlea, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, and Sarah. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. If that's exciting for you, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to make it happen. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at the Pod Cavern. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show was produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. See you next week. You understand. It just takes a little Time it takes a little time it takes a little time with me I hope you don't mind we'll take it slow this time No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Tong. I'm Sam. And I'm Laura. And we are... Disney Dummies! Dummies! Love!
Look, we know there are Disney super fans out there, but even the superest of fans could still be Disney dummies. That's why the three of us are on a quest to watch every single animated theatrical release in chronological order, from Snow White all the way to whatever's out right now. We dive into each movie in detail, talking about fun facts, talking about the animation, hit you with some hot takes, our favorite reviews on the internet. We even talk about who fucks. I still can't believe that's an actual segment. So join us every second Wednesday for another episode of Disney Dummies. And Pixar Pals when we finally catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by the fairy tale whimsical depths of the Podcavern.